And welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and I am so, so excited about our, our next guest. Uh, I, I could go on for hours just giving you her resume. She's a Grammy Award winner, a singer, a songwriter, a writer, an actress, activist. I, I'm sure there's so much more. She, she wrote her first song, a song called Hair of Spun Gold, at the age of 12 and had a hit single at the age of 14. And I can imagine what I was doing at those ages, but nothing compared <laughs> to what she's done. And she has just released a brand new album called The Light at the End of the Line, which is being promoted as her last studio album, and also a celebration of a career that now spans 55 plus years. It is indeed an honor to welcome Janice into our show. Janice, it Thank is you, so Ron. good. Wow. So good. I hope I live up to that. that <laughs> oh, quite a great introduction. Well, you've had quite a career, um, and uh, this new album—it uh, is just superb. I've been listening to it, and uh, you know, we're going to play some songs from it today. But uh, you know, I got to say, it's—it's it's kind of bittersweet for me as a listener and a fan, and I'm, I'm sure it must be bittersweet for you because. As I said, you're promoting this as your your last studio album. What what My last brought this... solo studio album anyway? Okay, what what brought this decision on? I think it was a combination of things. I was supposed to be on tour two and a mm. half years ago, and the tour got moved into the next year, and then moved into the next year because of COVID. Now mm. I'm I'll be on tour trying to pack three years into one. I turned seventy. I realized through the death of John Prine, I think, and a few friends, I realized in a very different way how fragile things are. Sure. And that I was on the other end of that fragility now. And also, as the music business has become a music industry yeah. and has grown, and as technology has become not just, well, you can reach me on my phone, or you can write me a letter to, or you can email me, or Zoom me, or Skype me or whatever other 500 things you can do to reach me. It's become, like many jobs, a 24-hour-a-day job. Yes. So uh, somebody like me who wants to spend their time writing ends up getting up in the morning, slamming down some breakfast, and hitting their email for seven or eight hours and writing in between. And I, I really didn't want to live the last part of my life like that. I want sure. I want to live the last part of my life as an artist and with my family. Right. And the only way to do that ultimately is to stop doing these other things. I that's well, just the sad part of it because at 70 you don't have the luxury of being 30 and saying, "Oh, I'm going to take 5 years off." Yeah. I, I mean, I've looked at your tour schedule. It's astounding. I mean, you're starting in March, going through November, and uh, it's quite a quite a goodbye, I guess. Uh, you're calling the tour celebrating our years together, and I think mm. it, it speaks to that connection that you've always had with your audience. In fact, the, the title cut of the album, "The Light at the End of the Line," um, I, I guess was based on that connection that you've you've made through the years. I think that when you start as young as I did at the time, I did because I started as a professional when I was 14 with my first record, Society's Child, out of East Orange, New Jersey, in fact. Mm -hmm. Right. Not too far when from where we are. <laughs> that's right. Um, oh, I'm a Jersey girl through and through. I, All right. Jersey, Jersey <laughs> formed me. You know, I lived, I was telling you, I lived in New Brunswick when I was young and East uh -huh. Orange and grew up in Lakewood and Farmingdale. I think that 
part of that whole attitude is that I didn't grow up with the assumption that being a full-time musician was a regular thing to be. I mean, right. people thought that was kind of weird. And wanting to be famous was really weird. So I grew up pretty grounded. My plan was I was going to be a veterinarian, and then I was going to be a lifeguard in the summer because that was pretty exotic, and I would do music on the side. And I think most of the people who were making folk music then, and jazz to an extent, had the same feeling. We all thought that it was an amazing privilege when we could get up on stage and perform and maybe even be paid for it. Mm -hmm. So that keeps you grounded in a different way than uh, nowadays when it's all become a big contest and it's all um, how young are you and can you get on television and can you be world famous for 10 minutes. I don't mean to sound bitter or... or, uh, I don't know, old-fashioned, although I probably do. But I think it's a lot rougher now if you're a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old starting out than it was when I was a kid because I had the folk community. Right. I had people who embraced me, like Dave Van Ronk and Odetta, who watched over me, like Baez. Um, It's hard to find that connection now. And I had the same with my audience. Mm -hmm. It is a whole different... uh different era that we're living in obviously 55 mm. years since she started uh, but you know I'd like to play one of the songs in fact it's a song that kicks off the album um, you know one of your biggest songs uh, came out in 75 called At 17 and I think you over the years you've, you, you've, you've spoken that you've, you've kind of learned from that and, and I think this song was inspired by what you've learned since uh, writing that At 17 well, in large part, I'm Still Standing came out of the the confluence of circumstances of turning, being in my 60s at the mm-hmm. time I started writing it, and what I learned about the world from at 17, which was in part that we're all in the same predicament, and all those bruises and those scars make you what you have become. They're an important part of your life. They're not something to be covered up. See these lines on my face They're a map of where I've been And the deeper they are traced The deeper life has settled in How do we survive Living out our Would not trade a line, make it smooth and fine, or pretend that time stands still. I want to rest my soul here where it can grow without fear. Another line, another year. I'm still standing here. See these marks on my skin, they are the lyric of my life. Every story I begin just means another ends in sight. Only lovers understand. 
skin just covers who I am And I would not trade a line Make it smooth and fine Or pretend that time stands still I want to rest my soul Here where it can grow without fear Another line, another year I'm still standing here See these bruises, see these scars Hieroglyphs that tell the tale You can read them in the dark Through your fingertips like Would not trade a line, make it smooth and fine, or pretend that time stands still. I plan to rest my soul here where it can grow without fear. Another line, another year. I'm still standing here. I'm still standing here. Still standing here. And that was I'm Still Standing, a single from the new album, The Light at the End of the Line from Janice Ian. And Janice is with us today. You know, Janice, as I, I think back on songs like uh, Society's Child, It's 17, and, and now this brilliant new album. Um, it's been a, a, I guess, a learning experience for you as well as your audience. But when you look back at some of these songs, songs that I, I think you're you're probably required by law to sing when you're ever in concert. But when you look back at songs like Society's Child and at Seventeen, how different do you feel about them, or do you feel there's been changes since uh, those songs first came out? Well, I think it's sad that. Society's Child is still so relevant. Yeah. I I had hoped that we would be well past that by now. Mm -hmm. At 17, you know, it's a joy to sing these songs. I I never feel like it's a burden, particularly at 17, because I can sing that pretty much anywhere in the world now, and people will be sitting there mouthing the words back at me. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. extraordinary. Sure. So... uh, I don't think the world has changed all that much. I mean, if you think about 55 years in a lifetime as a performer, it's a blip. It's just yeah. a little blip on the radar. It's nothing. But, you know, 55 years, um, you're right, it's, it's nothing. But, you know, as you're about to step back from all of this, um, you mentioned you're, you, you still plan on being an artist. Do, do you still plan on writing songs? Because this new album sure. is just, it's brilliant. I, I would hate to see that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> no you. more songs for Janice Ian. <laughs> I think one of the luxuries of the last 15 years of not making an album has been that I could take my time. I could spend three years on a song like Resist and on the recording of that song. I could spend 10 years on I'm Still Standing until I was happy with it. And then I could also write a song like Stranger in an hour. Mm. And I could give myself that luxury. So, no, I don't plan to stop writing. I write a lot of prose. Even <laughs> even on Facebook, I do conversations with my wife, and I'd mm. like to do a book of those. I do a lot of teaching. It's not about no longer being creative. Right. It's about no longer 
having to race around the world, uh, sure. being a performer and dealing with all that comes with that. There's a lot sure. that goes with that. Sure, you do things on your own schedule as 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 you would like, and that's I think it'll probably uh, be a very interesting time for you. Um, I think so too. You know, you mentioned the song "Stranger," which I'd like to play in a moment. But you know, I, I noticed on on your albums, um, you know, you deal with topics that are of of relevance, uh, which I know a lot of artists have shied away from, unfortunately. But um, you've been very outspoken, which we all appreciate. And uh, I know it's it's also caused you some issues during the years, uh, you know, being blacklisted in in a sense because of <laughs> writing songs about this. Well, you have to remember that I grew up in an activist family, right? So, uh, like I say, I, I grew up stuffing envelopes <laughs> for various good causes, and uh, we lived for several years in New York next to Swamiji Satchidananda. So that was a different kind of activism. I've always known activists. I, I um, everything from SDS members to um, the first group of ACT UP people who came backstage at my Bottom Line show once and gave me all these great stickers and stuff. I think that if you're going to be a citizen of any country, you have an obligation to try and make that country better. My grandparents were immigrants. And one of the reasons they came to America was so that I could have a voice, because as a Jew in Russia, I did not have a voice. Mm -hmm. So I was raised with the sense of gratitude toward America that I could become a singer-songwriter, or I could become a doctor, or I could become a teacher. My life was not going to be limited by my religion. It was a logical outgrowth from that to be writing Resist and talking about why is my life then limited by my gender. Um, it's a logical outgrowth to write a song like Stranger and wonder what would have happened to me if it had been a different time and my grandparents had come here uh, and the path to citizenship had been as hard as it is now. Because mm -hmm. my grandparents studied and became citizens within a year. But you can't do that anymore. Not even with, well, maybe with a bazillion dollars, but certainly <laughs> not with 10 or 20,000. So would I be sent back to Russia where I don't speak the language, where I don't know anyone? Or would I be allowed to stay? These are, these are the questions citizens should ask of their country and of, of their community. a stranger here Running from a land of fear Left my home and friends behind Left the love I knew was mine I was once a stranger here Did not know a single word Only knew what I had heard 
just like me I was once a stranger here In my old town there's a lot of fear One wrong word and you disappear No one dares shed a single tear It gets smaller song Stranger, a cut from the new album from Janice Ian, The Light at the End of the Line. And we're talking with Janice today, and uh, you, know, you, you mentioned you know, what your life would have been like if uh, times had changed, um, if, if what immigrants today are facing. Uh, but what about artists? I know you, you've, you do a lot of work also teaching younger artists you know, you mm. know, through your experience. Uh, it's obviously a different time from when it, when it was uh, when you first started. But uh, uh, do you still encourage people? I mean, it seems like a, a sure. very, people who want to be involved in music are facing a tough road. Do they really understand what they're getting into? No, but, you know, it's like it's like having children. I mean, if anybody <laughs> understood really what having children and raising them was like, nobody would have children. <laughs> Good point. I mean, you, I think you have a lot of choices to make as an artist, and it's one of the things that I try to pass on because I have the luxury of coming in at the tail end of vaudeville and working with the Jimmy Durantes, but also working with actors like Laurie Metcalf and then also working with teachers like Stella Adler who taught me more about being an artist, I think, than anybody, as well as growing up next to Pete Seeger and sitting on his knee when I was six. You know, (laughs) I have a very varied experience. Sure. The thing about being an artist is that you are an artist, period. You are an artist. You're not, I think I'll become an artist. You can be an artist all your life and never have any success in the world, as the world defines it. You can be an artist all your life and have huge success, but not believe it because you're defining it by something like measuring yourself against um, Elvis Presley, let's say. Mm -hmm. Or you can be not an artist and spend your life in pursuit of becoming an artist, but you're not an artist. It's it's a hard thing to talk about because it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's It's a gift and you're born with it and... I tell students, you have to be humble before your gift because you didn't do anything. Hmm. You're just born with it. And <laughs> you 
you make of it something or you don't. And I think it's important for somebody like me to pass on the ethics and the morals and the importance of staying true rather mm -hmm. than entering the contest. And that once you do enter that world of this is my new album, you can either treat it as a contest, like I could be saying, oh man, and I hope for my 10th or 11th Grammy nomination, I really want another nomination. <laughs> or I can say, I hope a lot of people listen to this album and love it as much as I do because I've never loved an album of mine like this. Oh, well, I, I'm certainly loving it too. And, you know, since we're, we're broadcasting through the New York City area, there's one song that I really want to share New because York. <laughs> yeah, it's called Summer in New York. Now we're in the middle of winter right now, but you bring back, um, well, for me, I grew up in New Jersey as well here in Teaneck, mm -hmm. New Jersey, where we're broadcasting from. And, and you, as mentioned earlier, also from Jersey, but there was always something about the city and you really capture it in this song. Well, sure, you spend your life looking at that skyline and thinking, <laughs> someday I'll go to New York. Someday I'll live in New York, and it'll be all the glamour. I, I moved to New York from East Orange when East Orange was still pretty small, and the big deal was that Howard Johnson stayed open until 8 on Fridays. That was huge. Mm -hmm. And I moved to New York, and I remember my first night there, sitting on Broadway a block from my parents' apartment, in front of the A&P and suddenly realizing that it was nine o'clock at night and the bookstores were still open. That blew my mind <laughs> that the trains were going to run all night. Blew my mind. You know, it's hard to, rem it's hard to imagine that nowadays because we, we have the internet 24-7, but we only had four channels when I was growing up. I mean, yeah. so... Looking at New York and, and thinking about summer in New York, I love summer in New York. There's that steam coming off the sidewalks. There's the conga players in the park. Um, there's great music everywhere, free. I love that. And then coupling that with the piano part and the vocals. Um, it's funny, the first person I sent that to was Diane Schur. Uh, and I said, girlfriend, here's one for you. <laughs> Good to 
remember how we would strut and promenade the strand. The men were hat in hand. Fifth Avenue was oh so grand. The heat came rising through our feet when sin and sidewalk meet. You're dancing to a very different band, oh man. More precious than forever, you'll always be my Coney Island heart. Summer in New York. Summer in. And that was Summer in New York from Janiceen's new album, a brilliant album called The Light at the End of the Line. And we're just about out of the uh, end of our line today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. But before we leave, Janice, I, I do want to uh, play one more song because I, I think it's uh, it's an important thing that you, you've done here um, in the times of COVID. Um, better Times Will Come. It, it, it mm. started off as, uh, well, why, why don't you tell us what it started off as? <laughs> John Prine had just died. And I had worked with him uh, about a year before at the Cambridge Folk Festival, and we had a chance to chat just very briefly. But his death hit me harder than I had expected. And the next morning, I found myself doing laundry and thinking better times have got to come. It was the start of lockdown. It was the start of masking. It was a terrifying time. I kept thinking that, and that chorus, better times, better times will come better times started running around in my head and I thought well that's that's pretty simple I don't normally write that simply but I kept at it and I walked upstairs with my laundry and sorted it and then sat on the porch with my phone and started singing this song into it and I grabbed a sheet of paper and about 30 minutes later had the song Uh, it's the only three chord song I've ever written Uh that evolved into a project called the better times will come project. You can go to bettertimeswillcome.com and you can free download 188 different versions from coloring books to videos to um, Frank Turner in the UK or uh, sign language versions um, in all different languages of the same song Mm. that people were able to use and I was able to help promote their work when all the touring stopped because the arts in America didn't get a lot of funding. Right. And a lot of people went under. A lot of people. So when it came to do it on this album, I didn't want to do what I'd done, which was sing it into my phone with just me. 
And I called Victor Krauss, one of the best bass players on earth, and said, um, what about if we just got a bunch of friends to sing this with me, take solos like John Cowan takes the first verse, Vince Gill's in there, um, Diane takes, Diane Shore does a scat. There's all sorts of stuff going on, and we make it the arc of COVID. We make it from absolute acapella terror, because I'm totally alone, to a Dixieland jazz band because things are improving and we got a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And then we go straight back down again because the vaccine's only good for six months. And we just treat it like an arc of what's been going on. Uh-huh. And that's what we did. Yeah. It's a very long piece. Um, <laughs> we've been trying to cut it down to three minutes. Oh, <laughs> it's perfect the way it is. Uh, Janice, oh, thank you, Ron. I, we're going to play this down. Janice, again, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And we look forward to seeing you on tour in 2022. And, oh, pleasure. Uh, and say hey to Jersey for me. Will do. And uh, don't be a stranger. I uh, hope you'll come back to Jersey. Do, or you will be, be in there. Jersey on the uh, tour. I, yeah. I, will, I will be there, you know. I will uh-huh. be there. Okay, Janice, Ian, thank you so much for being with us today. And now, better times will come. Better times, better times will come. Better times, better times will come. When this world learns to live as one, oh, better times will come. Better times, better times will come, better times, better times will come. When this world learns to live as one, oh, better times will come.
Hi, this is Janice Ian, and you are listening to Traditions with Ron Alesco, coming to you over 89.1 WFDU-FM. Be there or be square. <laughs> 